Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Four free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Live from the Southern Baycourt Studios in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, it's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Michael Mergens, we're together in Hattiesburg. Happy to have you along. The second, or I should say the next to last show of 2023. Great show for you today. Danny Reed, the voice of Georgia Southern, will join us a little later in the show to preview uh, this coming uh, weekend's opening uh, conference opener for uh, the Golden Eagles men basketball teams. They take on Georgia Southern, headed out to Statesboro today. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Hey, uh, it's uh, it's New Year's uh, over the weekend. Get some Dickies. Celebrate family and friends. Lots of football going on, NFL, college bowl season, and, uh, of course, Golden Eagle basketball on Saturday. Let Dickies cater your next event or just go see our hometown team here in Hattiesburg located just outside the Turtle Creek Mall. Well, uh, another great recruiting class for Will Hall. Kind of consensus top in the Sun Belt and here to talk to us about it, a guy we enjoy talking to. He's the uh, the dude behind all the magic, Joe Marino, the director of player personnel. Joins us now on the phone. And, uh, Joe, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Luke, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm, I'm happy to be on and happy to talk about some of these cats we got coming in. So let's talk about them. Um, we haven't we we broke it down a little, you know, just kind of ours uh, our opinions and and our observations. But happy to have uh, you, um, the guy who's been staring at this. And I guess uh, with it with signing day happening, what four or five days before Christmas. I mean, this is uh, what you worked for all year and, and able to see some of these uh, recruiting Christmas presents come in uh, as as a class comes together what is it like for you as you see we were done pretty early uh on on signing day as you start seeing these commitments come in yeah it's early christmas for me uh i love it um it it was pretty early with these guys we do a pretty good job of kind of knowing who we're going to sign on signing day and also being like hey let's get this stuff in early so we can all celebrate so you can celebrate with your family you know do whatever you need to do but yeah, we don't we don't like to draw the process out as as much, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, this is a class. A uh, lot of lot of guys. You 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 had uh, plenty of scholarships to work with. Coach Hall keeps talking about building that roster back. 
Um, but but let's just kind of uh, – you'll stick with us two segments, so we'll talk some about the high school JUCO kids and then get to portal kids because I think a lot of Golden Eagle fans are, are ready to hear about some of these portal guys coming in. But just kind of reiterate, high school, I mean, we you, you got every, basically everybody you pick, John White, Jalen Washington, Chris Jones. Uh, you, you got the Hartfield kids with uh, with Reed Jezelowski, and, and uh, I, I know that was exciting to kind of nail all those guys. Yeah, it was strong. It was really strong. And, you know, I, I worried about a couple of these guys up until, you know, that Wednesday. But it, it ended up working out. And everybody that we hit on in high school was really somebody that was through the whole process. Identified them early in the wintertime. Uh, went to see them in spring. And uh, did well in spring practices. Came here, visited in the spring. Went through the whole summer process of camp. And all these guys really balled that camp. And that's our biggest component now is, you know, you can be a little more selective in this day and age with all the portal stuff going on. So, you know, get these guys to camp, get get to see them live. It's the first time I get to see them live um, if they hadn't come to camp previously. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts of the year. And uh, really got a lot of these commitments early in, in summer and, and, and rode it out the rest of the way. So it's, it's a pretty good class high school-wise from the top to bottom. We had Coach Hall on before signing day, so obviously he couldn't speak about any of these kids specifically. We had a we had a kid on last week, Caleb Moore from Oak Grove. If I turn around yeah. here in the studio, I can see uh, Oak Grove High School. I, I think he's a guy that people, when when you're looking at this recruiting class, you're seeing John White pop off the page, you're seeing Chris Jones pop off the page, but Caleb Moore might be one of the the best guys in this recruiting class. Yeah, it's it's, it's funny how this the whole ranking system works because up until, you know, a week or two ago, he was an 89 rating on, you know, two, four, seven. And, you know, you know how it is with, with us and two, four, seven, they'll, they'll knock them down if if they commit to Southern Miss. But uh, (laughs) we, we we think of the world of Caleb and and he's one of the few guys in in this D line class that we have. That's, that's really polished. He's he's not going to be a guy that comes in and you kind of got to start from square one more of a guy that knows what to do already uh it'll just be a little bit of physical development for him but yeah as as far as iq and technique he's basically already there so we'll see we'll see what he can do come uh come this spring honestly because he's an early enrollee who yeah other guys early enrollee john white coming in who's the the sleeper in this class that you guys say hey he's gonna be really good just nobody knows it yet yeah i think miles adams uh I think Miles Adams from Flomaton is probably that, you know, probably one of the best camps I've ever seen uh, in my college career. Was, was this kid? He, he's a staggering figure, massive kid, ran really well, and just absolutely dominated in drills and and one on ones. And from, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't contribute early. Honestly, wow. he's one of you know. It's rare to see a freshman be able to come in and play. But it's going to be really hard to keep this guy off the field. I really think he's that special. Miles Adams, 6'5", 260 pounds. Had other offers from Troy, Texas Tech, South Florida, UAB, Liberty. So good job winning him over. Um, let, let's talk a little JUCO. Uh, you, you guys get several um, several signees uh, from, from the JUCO level, including one today. Tell us about the newest Golden Eagle, Dakota Thomas. Yeah, so Dakota is a guy that we really – really fell in love with early uh, this JUCO season. Um, really strong and played both, you know, slot for them and also outside. And we have great connections at Colin through 
Coach Stringer and, and Coach Hall, obviously, and Coach Lindsey, and uh, and just kept raving about this kid. And we watched, you know, his first two, three games. We're like, man, we see, we see exactly what you guys are telling us, and that, that that's a translatable, you know, traits to this level. Uh, but he did get banged up. I think it was game five of their season, uh, so he had to sit out the rest of the year. And he was the kind of a guy that you know we we had had in our thoughts and going through this process. We're like, man. You know, we have some receiver spots. Why why not take a shot on a kid that we really loved uh, early this season? Um, and, and luckily, we, we were able to land him. So uh, uh, with some of the portal uh, guys leaving and, and the transfers, I think offensive line really important uh, for for this program, too. You get two JUCO guys in Carruth and, and Nunnery, and those guys have some proven track records, been a part of great programs. Yeah, Caruth is definitely a guy that, that's intriguing because of the size and the, the basketball background, and he'll have three years to play. So that's one where you kind of just say, all right, well, you know, he's big, he's got good feet, let's take him and develop him a little bit more because he, he started playing football late. Um, and Nunnery, on the other hand, is a guy that's really, you know, my expectation for him is is to be a guy right away. You know, if he's not starting, he needs to compete to start. Or it's, it's a disappointment, but that kid is, he's a stud. He plays hard with an edge. You know, he's the guy that's going to, that's going to run his mouth to you, you know, and, and try to knock your face off. And that's the kind of guy that I, I want on the offensive line. And I think we're, we're that he's going to be a guy that kind of changes the dynamic of that room. Visiting with Joe Moreno, director of player personnel for Southern uh, Miss football. Um, Joe, you, you've been in the Northeast with Harvard. You've been out West with, with Stanford. Um, and then, of course, uh, you were at, at Auburn, uh, part of a top ten class there. Talking about JUCO, I mean, I think we take it for granted because this just happens every Thursday in the fall in this state. But I mean, the Mississippi Junior College program, which these kids came from, we had one kid from Kansas, but uh, it really is a treasure mind. And, and I think in the portal age, some of these JUCO kids getting overlooked. Yeah, definitely. I, I, right now, like you said, a lot of these kids are getting overlooked, so we're hitting some gold mine pieces right now i feel like um especially with a guy like jordan johnson uh, you know I, I didn't know about him till i flipped on the, the first game is to be dealt to this year <laughs> it's like gosh this guy can really play so there's definitely a niche there and i didn't i didn't know about mississippi juke i knew I, I knew obviously knew about it but didn't really recruit it at all until auburn and i was like man this is this is such good ball and obviously in states like mississippi alabama Georgia, um, you know, anywhere in the South, really, it's just flooded with athletes. So you can only sign so many back then. Now you can sign till you get to 85, but uh, these guys needed somewhere to go. And a lot of them were just like one thing away, you know, yeah. either it's an academic issue, either it's a little bit physically underdeveloped right now. Um, and it's the perfect, you know, place for us to dig our teeth into and find a lot of these these hidden gems that people might not know a ton about but you, you flip the game tape on and these guys are ready to compete at the fbs level we're visiting with joe morano director of player personnel for southern miss football we're going to step aside on our first commercial break before we go to commercial remind you of genesis of hattiesburg the official auto dealer of the eagle hour genesis sedans and suvs are the finest luxury vehicles on the road today and coming soon, the all-new Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. You'll be able to see them all. We'll talk more Southern Miss football and portal 
right after this as Eagle Hour continues on a Thursday. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Thursday in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Luke Johnson, not flying solo. Michael Mergen's here pushing all the right buttons. and uh, But appreciate you joining us on next to last show of the year. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmark. Located on Hardy Street, big gold building right across from the uh, grand entrance to the University of Southern Mississippi. Great friends over there, campusbookmark.net. And, uh, yeah, go buy all your, uh, your swag for basketball. And you, you need to be getting ready to pick out a new baseball hat just uh, under two months away from opening day of baseball season. It's all at Campus Bookmark in Hattiesburg. We continue with Joe Moreno, the director of player personnel for Southern Miss football, discussing this signing class, uh, number one in the Sun Belt, top 80 overall, and – and, uh, Joe, let, let's talk about these portal guys and talk some portal stuff right now. Eagles, eight portal transfers. And uh, last week we, we, had, we looked at uh, Pinckney and, and Lewis and Ryan Johnson out of Akron, Will James from Mississippi State. But during the Christmas break, two big Christmas, three big Christmas presents and uh, one from the Mississippi Gulf Coast that Golden Eagle fans should be over the moon for. Yeah. Yeah, our guy Larry. Uh, I think it's going to be an instant impact situation here, and you know my expectation is for him to come in and, and play. It'd be a pretty pretty good complimentary piece to Ty Mims. He's a super athletic kid. Um, he's already built out from being at Ole Miss, and uh, I think he's you know MJ Daniels was he's, you know buddies with him, and he, he's got nothing but high. Everybody we talk about. Beth Simmons has nothing but high praise, so we're uh, we're fired up. Larry Simmons is one of those guys. I mean, coming out of coming out of high school uh, from from Moss Point, he's top ten in the state of Mississippi. But I mean, you start looking at what he had at. I mean, he's just P five everywhere. I mean, SEC, yeah. Pac twelve. He had an Oregon offer. Uh, had a big some Big Ten offers, and uh, you know we we recruited him out of high school as well. But I mean. It, it it's a uh, it's just one of those things that didn't work out in Oxford. We're able to capitalize off of it. I mean, this guy's a huge playmaker. Yeah, and that's the key, you know, that you kind of just described the process right there. We stay on these guys, even you know, we know we're probably not going to get them uh, coming coming off coming out of high school, but maintaining a relationship or you know building that relationship with the kid and the family and you know being one of our top guys. If things don't work out, they feel like they have people that they can trust and they can always come come back home to southern miss coach all also talked about um when he was telling us about needs from the portal he wanted to get some some tight ends in and kyron heath another guy out of mansfield texas played in 20 games for old miss for the last couple of years he was a big time high school recruit and uh, that big frame i mean uh, and he's an athletic tight end and can catch the football i know he, he has an opportunity to make an impact also yeah yeah i gotta give credit to coach wilson on that he had a previous relationship with him and uh, being a Texas kid, a little outside our range, but again, uh, he had a previous relationship, and the kid played as a freshman, and then played a, a bunch this year uh, for them. So a guy that could play 
that level and watching his tape, uh, he does a lot of really good things. Um, he's a great, willing blocker, and he, he's athletic enough in space to make plays in the passing game. So that that for us, after seeing that tape, it was really a no-brainer. I think he, along with Bedford, um, Justin Reed, you know, and a young Jezelowski, as well as Xavier Reed coming along, that tight end room went from being pretty sparse to being pretty loaded uh, pretty quickly. And you know they're going to get the football because the new offensive coordinator is their position coach. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I was uh, I grew up a Stanford fan, and I remember you know watching Notre Dame and then watching him and from sixteen to eighteen. And I think uh, Coach Coach Long and I went against each other once. Uh, in that 2018 season, I was at Stanford. He was at Notre Dame, and he uh, he kicked our butt pretty good. So <laughs> I, I got knocked up those tight ends. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a position we thought maybe would be more utilized than it has been up to this point. Some of that's personnel, and but it's it's good to see that tight end uh, room stacked up. All right, a couple more. Um, any anybody else in this class? Will James, good pickup from Mississippi State. I, th- I think uh, Jamarius Lewis was a little surprised for Golden Eagle fans, and then uh, you get Pinkney out of Coastal, who's familiar with the Sun Belt. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, starting with Jermarius, that's a guy we kind of had tabs on coming out of high school. Uh, didn't come to camp, so it wasn't somebody we were too sure about seeing in person live. Uh, played receiver uh, his senior year, was a punt returner. Pretty electric player. Uh, we just never got um, verified information on him. He ends up going to New Mexico. Plays really well out there. Was arguably their best defensive player this past season. And... Uh, you know, wanted to be closer to home, and we we absolutely welcome that. Especially, you know, you lose a guy like Jay Stanley, and you really want to shore up that safety room. And he's a versatile kid, so he can play really field safety, boundary, or nickel because um, he, he he'll hit you, or he has he's got the range to play in uh, the passing game too. So he he's a versatile player, and I think when you look at the linebackers, Trey Pinkney, Desmond Baker. Uh, you know, we had our, our three top three rotational guys all leave after this past season. So that was obviously our arguably our most pressing need as a team. And having two guys that are really experienced, uh, guys that we're familiar with playing against Pinckney uh, two years ago, Desmond Baker being a Mississippi guy and seeing him at Northwest and uh, playing him at Rice in 21. So two guys that we really think are going to be plug-and-play uh and immediately help us. Good stuff. All right, a little, little wider um, glance. Kind of tell our listeners, you know, how this whole portal process uh, works, or, or at least in theory how it should work. Yeah, so uh, a lot of it on the front end, like we were talking about, you know, kids coming out of high school that we feel will go Power 5 or SEC and being like, all right, well, let's make sure we're doing all the right things here and making them feel comfortable with us. And, <clears throat> you know, a few years down the road, these guys don't work it out. Once they hit that portal, I, my job is once that portal window is open, I got it up on my computer and I'm I'm refreshing constantly uh, in the NCAA uh, app. And uh, once the name comes up, I look the kid up and see if it's really a position of need. You know, I, I don't want to waste my time with somebody that we're full at already. But you you really do have to do your due diligence because, as you know. You could have guys leave from your team too. Yeah. Uh, so it's really scraping over everybody and finding the guys that are most interesting to you and the guys that their film is the best to you. 
Uh, it's a lot of film. You know, December's a crazy, crazy time. That's why, that's why signing day is such a celebration for us. Um, but that's the process, really. And, you know, I'll, I'll hit up the position coach and say, hey, this guy kind of fits what we're looking for. Uh, his tape matches up with, you know, our footprint and our need. And we'll kind of go from there and see see what the position coach and Coach Hall thinks, and we'll kind of make a collective decision on it. It's got to be challenging uh, because um, in in NIL land now, where it's the Wild West, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I know um, you can probably speak to some of that. Maybe you maybe you can't, um, or whatever you would would say about that, Joe. I mean, it's just. It's uh, it's it's frustrating. You know, like for instance, Southern Miss baseball a few years ago, we knew where the kid was going before he hit the portal, and so it's just. Right. I know it's very frustrating. So I mean, as as a group of five school, I mean, how do you how do you counter that? It is very difficult to counter. Uh, it's it's hard to say too much on it, but I will say uh, a lot of it is expectation instead of uh, a lot of it's expectation going into this process from a kid's perspective there's an expectation of what they think they'll deserve. Um, and I, I do think NIL is a great, it's, it's a great situation. I think it's a smart move, but now it's kind of, uh, the expectation. If you hit the portals, you're going to get a lot of money and be able to start and, and a whole nine, but you really got to create a comfortable environment for these kids and your team. Your culture has got to be really strong because there's so many instances you see now, like we'll go in, the portal and try to fish for some more cash and then if not they'll come back and uh, it's just a lot of a lot of different variables and components that are going into it uh like we we you know we're recruiting a guy and hasn't played it down and uh he got a lot of money to go somewhere and it, it was it was impossible for us to compete but that's the way that's the way the recruiting world works now so you really got to Go through every avenue you possibly can and find out as much about the kid. You are uh, you're up in uh, Jersey right now at home. Um, you know, hanging out, uh, get a tad of a break. You got yeah. really excited Sunday, and and this is where it becomes as a recruiter. You see a kid come out of high school, land, come out of JUCO, land as it was with this kid, and you see him all put it together, and you see him catch his first NFL touchdown pass on Sunday. It, was, it, it sure meant a lot for you to see Jason Brownlee do that, right? Yeah, nonetheless. I mean, I, the amount of work I do, uh, you know, with those guys too, entering the, the, the draft process, um, because I, I do our, our pro, pro liaison work, so I get to know all those guys at a really personal level and talk about, you know, their background, their family, their dreams and aspirations and i talk i talk about these uh talk to the scouts about these kids all the time so by the end of brownlee's tenure here we were we were pretty tight and uh was juiced up for him and now we're planning on maybe seeing each other saturday after cleveland game that's awesome man well thanks for all that you do and thanks for spending some time with us today great stuff joe and appreciate um, all that you do for southern miss football absolutely great to talk with you luke Happy New Year to you. That's Joe Moreno, the Director of Player Personnel for Southern Miss Football, the man behind this outstanding recruiting class. We're going to take our another commercial break. We're going to talk some Georgia Southern basketball with Danny Reed after this.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Joe Moreno, Director of Player Personnel for Southern Miss Football, breaking down um, this recruiting class, number one in the Sun Belt, many places. Appreciate his time joining us on the Eagle Hour uh, today. Third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, home of the 995 Lunch, your opportunity to get a great meal every day with a soft drink or sweet tea of uh, your choice for 995. 4th Street Bar and Grill, of course, the Southern Miss Basketball this coming Saturday, that will be on at 4th Street. Let's talk about that game. Golden Eagles headed out today to Statesboro, Georgia, where it's currently 62 degrees. Danny Reed, the ninth-year voice of the Eagles, joins us. And uh, Danny, it's kind of that dead week, but uh, both uh, both Southern Miss and Georgia Southern getting ready for the opening of Sunbelt play. Yeah, it's nice to know that there was an amount of time for these guys to get away, especially after such a tough start to the season. But considering how up in the air the league is, unless you're a team that's named James Madison or App State, I think it's going to be an exciting couple of months. You've got the MAC game mixed in with the MAC SBC Challenge. But until somebody says that they're as good as James Madison or App State, I think a lot of us are going to be playing for third place at least. But that doesn't mean it can't be some exciting basketball. And hopefully for Georgia Southern, that means a win sooner than later because I know these guys have worked for it, but just just haven't been able to get that first one yet. Yeah, 0-12 right now, Georgia Southern. Of course, uh, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, yeah, it means momentum and, yeah, it means track record. But, I mean, this is – Season three now. This is the the one that really matters, Danny. And and just kind of talk about uh, let our listeners know. You know, it's been a rough start so far, zero and twelve. Um, but but what's what's been kind of uh, you know the reason uh, for for some of that? It's been a number of things. Number one, with a new staff, Charlie Henry coming over in year one as head coach. He spent four years with Nate Oates at Alabama, and of course the popular storyline was that NATO's lost all of his assistants. They're now D1 coaches, Brian Hodgson in this league at Arkansas State, and Antoine Petway's doing really well with Kennesaw State. However, when you combine that with 10 newcomers and the toughest schedule that Georgia Southern has ever had, no non-D1s on this schedule, so, you know, 0-12 isn't acceptable for any reason, but at the same time, I could be talking to you, and the Eagles could be Two and ten, or three and nine, with a couple of non-division one victories, and I don't think that you would really have a proper gauge on what this team is. That being said, at zero and twelve, I'd like to say that there's a lot to be excited about, but you do get a sense of where this team is. They've really struggled defensively. They haven't been consistent offensively. They've had a number of injuries at separate times. They've had to go with nine different lineups in 12 games. Tyron Moore's been a consistent scorer. He's putting in about 13 points per game. They inserted Aaron Banks, a true freshman, .4 games ago, and he's averaging close to double figures since that happened. So I think that they're starting to see signs of it turning, but if they don't start to play consistent defense, then it's just not going to be a whole lot of victories for this team this year let's go back to coach henry just for a minute man what a you know to be a to be a young coach man he has quite the track record you mentioned you mentioned alabama he was at iowa state coach g league for the bulls i uh, was with coach hoiberg and uh was, was an intern with the pacers and i mean this guy's been around big time basketball kind of what's his philosophy and you know what what's he ultimately want to get georgia southern playing like 
if for somebody that's as young as he is, he's got a heck of a resume. And watching them in practice, I've never seen a team that goes harder in practice, whether they're working on jump shots. They've shot a ton the last couple of days with all that time off. They're trying to figure out if that's going to be the way to go, completely up and down the, the hockey on hardwood and shoot 53s a game, or how they're going to try to manage it offensively throughout the rest of the season. But he was the defensive coordinator for Alabama those last few years. So he was the architect of some of the nation's best defenses. They were top 11 in total defense each of the last four years. And yeah, when you look at guys like Charles Bediaco and Brandon Miller, it's easy to see how you could be able to get stops. But he brought that mentality here. It just hasn't been able to adapt to the Sun Belt level yet. And when you've got 10 newcomers, I know that they've spent the entire offseason together and fans would say, well, they spent all that time together. It should be able to come together a little bit better. But for a lot of the reasons that I already mentioned, with the injuries and having to change lineup combinations because the scoring hasn't been there, and when the scoring's not there, the defense hasn't been. It hasn't been a sense where it's all worked at the same time. But as much as they want to talk about the ability to make the three and find that open jump shot with the drive and kick element of the offense, this is a team that until they start making their claim on defense, getting stops, taking the ball off the backboard and the rim instead of grabbing it out of the net, they're not going to find out who they really are. They may have to win a lot of games. If, they, if they're able to win any games, they're going to have to do it in a high-scoring sense. But if they don't start getting stops with the way that they have designed this defense, then it's, it's, it's going to be a challenging year regardless. But the way that they have tried to build their defense, I think that they finally have enough health where they can be consistent, but now they just have to gain confidence in that consistency and then hope that leads to some victories because you just you don't want to see them lose too much if the losses just can keep continue to pile up. Yeah, it just can be a little demoralizing. And, and I'm glad you brought that up. I think people think just because talent is out there, okay, that, that means points, that means victories. I mean, with, with Southern Miss um, – Starting off slower than they did last year, from all you know, you lose Hase, you lose Pinkney, um, but but this team is probably more athletic um, than than the team last year. And but I mean, you know, just because Carbello has has put up two thirteen point performances, but just because one person's on the floor, it it and you because that's what you do, and you watch this all the time. I mean, just the 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 way that we generally observe the game, chemistry in college basketball oftentimes beats talent in college basketball if it's spread out look i could uh, that southern miss team a year ago i know that these teams only met once last season and it was late in the year and i'm reading about all this and this southern miss team they won seven games the year before and they're on the way to a 25 win season but just watching them that day at reed green it was a team that was completely bought in defensively with that matchup zone they shared the ball offensively the bigs passed it very well and now turn around and almost every major big that was on that team is either hurt or not there anymore so it is a bit of a different identity and i know with alvarez gone it's it's been a it's been a trying process trying to figure out who they're going to be but is for me as long as curbello's in the lineup that that's some that is at least all-conference caliber, if not one of the best true guards in the league. And he and Mo Arnold on the floor at the same time. And if Montgomery continues to improve with that jump shot, that's what Georgia Southern's going to have to contend with. They, they're going to get their open looks against the matchup zone. That they, I think they've 
become accustomed to knowing that they're going to be more of a jump-shooting team than a driving team. Maybe this is the kind of game they can get the Georgia Southern Eagles going, be able to create some open looks by still finding some cracks in that zone. But if Georgia Southern can't keep those penetrating guards out of the lane and keep the Golden Eagles from getting open looks, then no matter how many threes they make, it's just not going to matter. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of way with with Southern Miss. You know, it's it's been when they have shot the mid. Uh, jump shot well, they win. <laughs> but if that thing ain't going, uh, it, it may be a long, long uh, day in the, in the gym. Southern Miss a little shorter this year. I mentioned they're more athletic. Is this going to be a big lineup for Georgia Southern or a small, smaller lineup? No, this is going to be one of the smaller lineups that Southern Miss would see all year. And I do say that with a 6'11", Carlos Curry, who's been in and out of the lineup. He missed a couple of games earlier this season. He is about as big as it gets, but there have been times where Georgia Southern would get no bigger than 6'7 on court. They can play some combo forwards. Avante Parker is a freshman who is a deceptive 6'9". Depending on where they play, he can play one through five. He's got a real nice handle on the high post if he happens to find himself there in the midst of that matchup zone. But there have been times this year where you look around and you're thinking that, okay, who's my three, four, and five men? Because any of them could be any of them. <laughs> with the combinations they've had to work with, with some of the ineffectiveness and some of the injuries. But now that you've had these almost two full weeks to lay low, work combinations, and figure out what can work, maybe there is something that they have been able to mine that is is going to get them some victories here much sooner than later. Southern Miss and Georgia Southern will uh, go against each other in the Hanner Fieldhouse in Statesboro, Georgia, Saturday, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern. About a minute left. Uh, Danny, I want to switch to, back to football, and you guys make uh, the second bowl game in a row. Um, what do you think about twelve Sun Belt teams getting in? We 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 didn't finish, but five and seven. But man, we made a surge at the end after starting off slow as a conference. Well, my hope is that from next year and forward, that'll be a shout to some of those bowls that need tie-ins. But hey, look at the Sun Belt. I know ideally that Keith Gill wants to have half the league going to a bowl game every year, and that's more than reasonable. But to have a year where twelve went, that should be enough of an impetus to say hey, maybe you could start at seven and then may have some other secondaries because I think that this is just an indication of where this league is headed. Some people already think it's the top group of five league, and I think it's only getting stronger. Me too. And last question, about 30 seconds left. Uh, your, your two bell cows lose their head coaches, and you know maybe, maybe somebody else has turned to, to kind of rise to the top. And I know you guys have had, uh, you, you've had your moments in the last two years under Clay Hilton. Uh, you, you could look at that. You could say beating Nebraska, beating App State in double overtime, taking out a top 25, getting to 6-2 and two this year, but ultimately it has been a 12-14 and 14 record through 26 games. You can imagine that probably riles people up in Statesboro just like it would at Hattiesburg, but hopefully once we get to next fall, both of our programs will be able to figure it out and not only get back to the postseason, but also be a threat in the conference and win some championships. Absolutely. Well, Happy New Year to you, Danny. Have a great call Saturday. Thanks for spending some time with us today on the Eagle Hour. Guys, thank you. It's Danny Reed, the voice of Georgia Southern. He'll be on the call. 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays at Golden Eagles. Of course, you can listen to the voice of the Golden Eagles, John Cox, and uh, watch it on ESPN+. We'll close out the Eagle Hour on this Thursday after these commercial messages.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Appreciate Danny Reed from Georgia Southern joining us. The Golden Eagles six and six. The Eagles zero and twelve. But the only thing that really matters at the end of the day, who's one and zero Saturday in uh, the Sun Belt. Golden Eagles headed out today. Appreciate Danny joining us. Luke Johnson and Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg for segment of the Eagle Hour every day brought to you by D-Bat and D-1. Softball, baseball, just around the corner. Go get some uh, instruction uh, lessons for your kids for uh, the spring, the pro shops there, batting cages for softball and baseball. It's all at D-Bat and D-1. Also want to remind you about town and country cleaners, Hattiesburg's most trusted cleaners. They're family-owned and operated since 1983. They offer a variety of services, including steam pressing, shirt laundry, bulky bedding, minor alterations, and, of course, dry cleaning. Town & Country Cleaners, located conveniently across from Southern Miss on Hardy Street. You can give them a call at 601-264-4920. Already one bowl game in the books today, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Boston College knocking off 24th-ranked SMU earlier today, 23-14. The Bad Boy Moores Pinstripe Bowl currently going on right now. Rutgers leading the U, it's Miami, 7-0. NC State, Kansas State later. And uh, the nightcap tonight, the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio, Arizona, and uh, and Oklahoma. Last night, um, pretty interesting. Just never know what's going to happen in, in bowl games. Tulane gets uh, really blown out. Late by Virginia Tech, 41-20. USC defeats 15th-ranked Louisville, 42-28. West Virginia knocked off North Carolina. North Carolina slid down uh, down the stretch. They lost to to, uh, West Virginia, 30-10. Oklahoma State defeats the SEC, Texas A&M, in uh, the SEC's first bowl game of the year, 31-23. Updated bowl records, the MAC 2-3. That conference done for the bowl season. Mountain West two and four, Sun Belt five and seven. The other two group of five schools: the American two and three, Conference USA two and one. Both those conferences still have a couple games left. The SEC zero oh and one, ACC four and three, Big Twelve four and one, Big Ten two and zero, oh, and the Pac twelve two and two. All right, Michael. I don't know if you uh, you saw it, uh, but West Virginia their coach Neil Brown. Gotten uh, dumped with mayonnaise? Uh, mm-hmm. Did you see that? Yes, that's uh, not not pleasing. That's a waste of mayonnaise. <laughs> that's a commodity, and that's what we're doing with it. And then in the, the Holiday Bowl, Lincoln Riley got uh, eggnog poured. Yeah. Would you rather have eggnog or mayonnaise? I guess mayonnaise because I like eggnog, and that'd be a waste of eggnog. Be, well, that's it, expensive. It is. So I, yeah, that'd be interesting for somebody to to think about how much uh, how much. It costs because what was what was interesting. So, I I, I would have gone with the eggnog because USC's players doused Riley, but it was like the bowl reps that that uh, dumped Neil Brown. Like the players didn't even get to do. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> the stuff they're coming up with. But again, in this economy, think ahead. Is eggnog really that expensive? Yeah, it's a little costly. Mayonnaise. Can you just imagine mayonnaise just resting on your head for. Maybe it was an off-brand. Wouldn't have mattered. All right. Um, we, we've talked in passing because Sanders in here, so during the break he, he talks uh, on previous days. Good, uh, good Christmas. And are there any Christmas and New Year's traditions 
that you uh, Yankees have that that we don't have down here? Nope. Seems like you got all of them. Really? Down, yeah. Like there's some, of course, because of uh, the Great Migration and everything that have kind of worked their way in, like the the cabbage and black eyed peas to a small extent. But it's so serious here that everyone has to do it. My mom used to make me do it. Yeah, but not anymore. Did you did you even nope, do that? Never north? never heard of it until I came down here. But do you do it now? Yeah, oh yeah. Is that yeah. a thing in Wayne County? Teresa yes. brought that. Oh in? yeah. Yep. Yes, it is. I can do the black eyed peas. The cabbage just is. It's. Uh, See, I love cabbage, but that's that's a commodity in our house. Do we know? Because you usually know these things. Like, is there a reason for that? Why people started doing that? It's just supposed to represent money, cash, cabbage. Cabbages. Yeah. So that you have a fruitful new ah. year. Okay. So a New Year's resolution would be not eating cabbage. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like it, I, you could probably do lettuce. Same yeah, thing. Cabbage, so. lettuce. Green. You plan anywhere over New Year's? No, I don't. I'm done doing that. Oh, Plus, no. Yeah. No, yeah. Southern Miss was talking about bringing you in for uh, one of the. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That, it does keep coming up, but yeah, not right now. <laughs> Especially after this month, and we're talking off air. This was the busiest December I've ever had, and it proved because the last two weeks, everyone in the household's been sick. Everybody has yeah. been. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing absolutely nothing. In fact, Aye. 2020, going into 2021, I did do a gig, but because of regulations in the city of Hattiesburg, we had to be done at 10 p.m. Oh, wow. Couldn't go past. So our New Year's countdown was at 10 p.m. I got done, packed up, and home by midnight and it was great get to celebrate with the bahamas i'd rather just sit at home and enjoy it now. yeah when we were kids um being at home being in our room was uh punishment now it's did you look forward it's to a it. reward I'd rather sleep that's right that's gonna wrap it up here for us on the eagle hour hey when you're getting ready for uh for new year's mobay been you a great place went and got me a uh a frozen coffee it was really good Beignets. It's all there on Hardy Street. Go see our friends at Mobay Beignet. That's going to wrap it up. Tomorrow, Jack Duggan joins us. We're going to recap the biggest stories for Southern Miss in the year of our Lord 2023. We'll catch you tomorrow. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.